Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach. These are four great organizations. You've heard me say it many times. You should have them in your network. And now, do me a favor. Don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give our sponsors their shout out. These are all products that I used as an athletic director or as a coach. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. Start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's so easy, even I can do it. Promote your athletes, celebrate your team's accomplishments. Gipper's used by over 3,000 athletic programs, both college and high school, and their professionals are just waiting to help you. That's gipper.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Home Campus. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. And the Home Campus staff was great to work with. Home Campus is your one stop for things like scheduling, athletic clearance, uh, state association, coach compliance, you name it, Home Campus has it. Go to homecampus.com to get started. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Check out their products today at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown Ticketing is digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. The Hometown team is here to help you make the best solution. So go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their pros. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell more compelling stories, go to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. Their mission is to help you bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. Snapraise is hands down the best. But there's also Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find them all at snapraise.com. We also want to thank District 1. Go to district1.com. That's W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won when you see their fully custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You're never going to have to buy a full set of uniforms again when you just need to order one or two replacements. Go to district1.com. Click on the Team Gear button. You'll get a free quote. That's district1.com. 
And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the 2%, uh, the people that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent, your principal, or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that lets you take the pulse of your players and your parents. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, I know I say this frequently, but we really do have a really cool guest today. We're going to be visiting with Charlie Boyle. Now, uh, I met Charlie a few years ago uh, when we were living down in the Venice Englewood area of Florida. And he's the, um, I don't know if you're the the commissioner. I know you're the, uh, the assigner for the Coral Coast Basketball Officials Association. Uh, and speaking as an athletic director and as a longtime coach, the guy's also a master official. Had the privilege of working with him as a high school basketball official a couple of times. No longer in that area. I'm with a different association. But uh, uh, very excited to have Charlie on the show today and talk about you know, the current state of uh, high school officials and also give some ideas on how to maybe make that better. So Charlie Boyle, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Appreciate being here. Well, you and I were talking before the show. Uh, it's summertime. Uh, you're uh, spending some of your vacation time with us, so we appreciate that. Let's go and jump right in. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that uh, origin story, where you were born, you know, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through your own uh, high school and college years, and then we'll take a quick break and then come back and hear about some more of your career. So what's the Charlie Boyle story? Well, um, Charlie Boyle is a military brat. Um, I was um, basically spent my formative years in Fort Benning, Columbus, uh, Georgia area, uh, and moved to Florida to start high school. Uh, after that, I went to the University of Florida, and that's where I started officiating, um, not because of any great love for officiating, uh, always enjoyed basketball, uh, but officiating paid $5 a game for intramural officials. Uh, unfortunately, the training for intramural officials at that time at the University of Florida, and I'm sure it's improved since then, was basically, here's a ball, you know how to officiate, et cetera, et cetera. We went down there. Without a clue, I mean, no training whatsoever, not about the triangle, not about two-man, nothing about rules, and we blew our whistles. And we did so at fairly great risk because a lot of the teams that we officiated were fraternities who had uh, ardent fans, ardent to the point where physical violence was often threatened. And I won't lie. I will have to tell you, given the physical violence that was threatened at that point, i May have altered a call or two. But anyway, uh, that's where I started. Uh, and then I got into coaching high school basketball for a few years. I then went to law school and I moved down to the Southwest Florida area where thinking I knew it all and in fact knew very little, I became pretty much a terrible official baiter uh, for my kids' youth games. Eventually, the local guys 
got so tired of hearing me, they invited me out to officiate. And of course, I thought I knew it all. So I went out and uh, started officiating and I realized, wow, this really is not easy. It takes some effort, takes some rules knowledge. I, uh, I embarrassed myself on the first rules exam, thought I knew it all. Like many people, watched the NBA, et cetera, coached. Um, and I got a 74. I didn't study, so um, I got better. But uh, through a lot of camps, um, through some uh, acting as clinician, through a lot of rule study, more recently in the last 10 or 15 years, um, a lot of video work, I think I've become a better official, although what you have to do every year, you're like a shark as an official. If you're not getting better, you're probably getting worse. So does that give you the information you need? No, that that's a great start. And as you were sharing your your college years, I can very much relate. Uh, and again, this isn't about me, but I grew up in Oregon, went to college in Oregon, and similar situation. You know, um, our uh, physical education department was looked upon to provide officials for the city leagues, um, some intramurals, but um, also the local uh, junior high, middle school games. And, uh, hey, Jake, you played basketball in high school? Yeah. Okay, well, you're an official. I need you at this school or this site. And, you know, that that lack of training and uh, not so much threats of physical violence, but just, uh, you know, definitely running into my car after the game <laughs> was there. Um, was there any sort of, and, and in defense of my uh uh, our, our college. And again, this was back in the seventies. Uh, I'm sure they have gotten better too, but back in your day, was there any sort of, you know, Hey, you want to take this exam or, Hey, I heard about this. Was there any sort of follow-up by the organizational staff to help you as an official get better? At the intramural level? Absolutely not. It was basically sink or swim and they didn't really care which one you did as long as you were out there and covering it. Uh, I will also say that when I started officiating uh, high school ball in Charlotte County, um, the guys there seemed rather reluctant, um, even though I was very thirsty and I wanted to get better. Uh, maybe it just simply because I didn't like being screamed at so much. They simply did not share much. If you did not take it upon yourself um, to find out sources of information, how to get better, you really, you know, I, I, you could ask all day. I think I remember, you know, somebody saying, you know, what can I do to get better? And them saying, well, you know, you can get a better pair of shoes. Really not very good at all. So we are talking about, let me see, I mean, I would have been about 1993, 94 when I started. I'm about 30 years in at this point. Uh, one more question. In that period when you were starting as, you know, an official, you know, after you'd been recruited, um, Who's maybe one or two uh, mentors from the officials profession that finally reached out to you and said, you know, hey, you should think about this or have you ever tried that? Uh, any names from the past jump out at you? Um, unfortunately, I, I'm there really were no mentors until I found out about a camp. Um, and my first camp would have been about 96, 97 um, which was in Tampa, and it was actually a Southeastern Conference college officiating clinic that I went to, um, um, and it was kind of a debacle. Um, I remember being singled out and said, you can either go get a haircut and come back, or you can leave. <laughs> uh, 
but I will say, and kind of in response to your question, the mentor that I had who helped not just me, but helped a ton of officials is a guy named J.B. Caldwell. J.B. Caldwell ran uh, what is now the ETA camp in Daytona. It was J.B. Caldwell's camp. Uh, I went to that camp religiously, um, either as a, an official or as a clinician for about 10 or 12 years. Uh, J.B. Caldwell was a Southeastern Conference official. He really cared about making people better. He told people, this is a high school camp. Uh, we are not here to give you, um, you know, to have you looked at by college assigners. There will be some here, but we're not promising anybody going up. This is about getting better as a high school uh, official. And uh, J.B. eventually uh, went on to become the head of scouting for NBA officials for the NBA. So he was very, very good at what he did. He's a terrific guy. Uh, I will thank him any and every opportunity I ever can for what he did for me and literally thousands of other officials. Oh, that, that, that's great to hear. And again, for listeners, um, you know, I, I remember the two years that I uh, officiated down there in Charlotte. Uh, Charlie did a great job of sending out every year, sending out videos and during the season uh, situations, uh, some, you know, constantly providing us with some professional development opportunities. So, you know, good for you too. Uh, our guest today is Charlie Boyle. He's a longtime high school basketball official here in the state of Florida. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. When I was a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was just fantastic but when i became an athletic director i made sure that our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that allowed them to coach their kids at the highest level at huddle they're going to provide a professional grade solution for the challenges you and your coaches face at huddle we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how you can create professional quality social media graphics for your school's platform. It's so easy, even I can use it. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not putting out product, they're not paying attention and neither are your fans. Go to gibber.com, start creating that content, celebrate your teams, promote your athletes. Mention the podcast, they'll give you a nice discount. That's gibber.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone. We're, vi we're visiting today with Charlie Boyle, a longtime high school basketball official here in the state of Florida. Charlie, you kind of took us through, you know, your post-college days as an official, you know, going to camps and going to clinics, uh, you know, talk about, um, you know, that continued rise, you know, now you are, a, you're a veteran official, you know, you're in charge of scheduling and training for your association. Tell us about that journey. Well, I mean, actually, there was a large gap um, between intramural and high school officiating. I was actually 43 when I started officiating back in 1994. Uh, but just to correct that that uh, little gap there. The other thing I will simply say is once I went to camp regularly, once I became somebody who put the time, energy and effort into it, 
at that point, I did have the opportunity to do, you know, uh, and still do regional games and, and got a few state games, finals, semis under my belt and, and enjoyed that immensely. Uh, but that can't be what it's about because every game is important to the coaches, the kids and the parents and needs to be important to us. So even picking a hypothetical school that doesn't exist, little, you know, little flowers of the of the of the eastern horizon versus uh, FCA, for example, needs to be approached by us with the same passion. OK, you may have to work yourself up a little for it, but they're there and you need to be there. So. Uh, you know, whatever games I get now and, and, and uh, I'm just looking forward to them and I'm kind of happy to still be on the floor. Now um, I, I still remember very clearly uh, the first game I ever did for your association. It was uh, a middle school game, you know, girls and then boys, you had me partnered with another veteran official. You know, I, I, I'm sure to say, well, let's see if this guy knows anything. Uh, and I guess I did okay because a couple days later I was working a game with you uh, and another official. I, actually, that same official at Charlotte High School, which is a you know big you know public high school, very good high school uh, uh, down in that area. And it was you know probably you know one of you know the most uh, intense in a good way you know high school boys basketball games. Uh, that I had been a part of uh, to that point, maybe even still to this this day. Um, and, and I remember your words during training that uh, fall uh, that you just said about how every game needs to be uh, important. You know, the kids, the parents, the coaches, they deserve that. Um, what are some uh, thoughts uh, of yours, you know, over the years about how, the officials, the crew coming in and being professional um, helped make the game a positive experience for, for everyone. Uh, anything come to mind? Well, I have to not answer that question and share with you just, and I don't know if you remember, I, I remember that middle school game that you did and you did a fine job and it was a two man game. Um, but I also remember the reason you got on the Charlotte crew for that game. We had somebody drop out. It was a heavy night. And I had to say, okay, I'm going to have to go ahead and risk. So you were not the first choice for that game, Jake, but you did a great job. Okay. So that, you know, and, and, and you got a full varsity schedule, I believe the second half of the season, but mm -hmm. yeah, you got thrown in because there was nobody else. So you can, you know, edit that out if you want to, but I, that's my recollection of that mm -hmm. event. Now in terms of being professional, you know, we demand or we try to demand of the coaches that they're professional and you can't demand respect unless you give respect. It's an old saying, but it's so true. So even in the face of a particular coach, you know, not being professional, um, we need to do the best we can. And I'm an old curmudgeon. Okay. I don't always succeed. I succeed a little better the older I get. Maybe that's because my T level is down. Um, but the point is, you try as hard as you can to be professional. It makes the game go better for you. It's more likely to give you a positive result from the coaches. Um, it's much more likely, okay? Um, so that's all I can say. It's something you strive for. Um, some people are much better at achieving it. I don't know if you remember Andy Witt. Mm -hmm. um, not sure if Andy was there. Andy has has always had the ability 
to remain very calm on the floor. And as a matter of fact, Andy has been accused at certain levels of being too nice. I don't think you can be too nice. You certainly don't want to be stepped on. Um, but, but when I work with Andy, I know not only is he going to be calm, but he can help calm me down simply by his calming presence. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, no. And uh, I appreciate your candor. Uh, I, I was shocked when I got that call for that game. But uh, again, you know, I had two pros with me. It made you guys made me feel like, you know, I was just part of the team. And uh, you know, it, it was a great experience for me. So I, I appreciate you sharing that backstory. But no, I, and I think I've noticed that as a subtle difference from the association I'm with right now, which is a great association and the guys are great. But uh, uh, the focus that you always uh, had whenever we met on one of those Saturday clinics or even in the videos, the emails that you would send out, you know, just, you know, being professional, being a pro, uh, it, it really, it, it impacted me. I, I saw that maybe it was because I was an athletic director and, you know, I, I tried to do that with our coaches, but, uh, you know, great job. We're going to get into more of some of the things that you do or did or still do with the association. But uh, um, let's uh, share an anecdote here. I know I'm ambushing you. Um, looking back at this most recent season of officiating for you, what's the situation that um, maybe you were watching the game as an observer or maybe you were part of the crew? Uh, what's the situation that it could have gone the wrong way but the crew, the officiating crew, helped keep it um, under control and keep it positive. Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but, you know, anything uh, stick out? Um, Jake, I nothing comes to mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I oh. apologize. You may have to edit that, whatever you want to do. I, I really can't think of a situation where things almost went south but didn't. Um, and it's probably because I did 40 or 50 games and have done another 40 or 50 games postseason, including AAU tournaments. I just don't have a clue to, re to respond to that question. Well, uh, I'm going to go and respond for you because this just popped back into my mind. That very game that we were that we were just talking about, uh, there was a situation early in the game. Um, and two, both, you know, very good basketball teams, very athletic. Um, the ball went out of bounds off of the home team right in front of their bench. And uh, there may have been a, I don't even think there was a foul. I think it was just going to be um, put the ball back in play. The ball rolled into the hands of one of the home teams, you know, like six assistant coaches that were on the bench. And <laughs> one of the visiting players, because we had, we had already made the call, you know, it's going to be, you know, white ball or black ball, whatever it was. The kid for the opposing team runs over out of bounds. It was right in front of me and reaches over and tries to take the ball out of the assistant coach's hands because he had the ball. And the coach was being, let's say he wasn't being the greatest of sport, you know, jerks the ball out, out of the kid's hands. Uh, and then I think one of the bench players of the assistant coach, you know, started to step forward uh, towards one of the players. And I was right there. Uh, I immediately stepped in, you know, pushed both back, and I was kind of walking the the visiting player away. But there was behind my back some skirmish or near skirmishes uh, things going on. You were the lead, and long story short, just 
the way you spoke to the coaches and the kids and, you know, we administered everything. Um, this was early in the game. I, I think that game really could have gone south had it not been for your quick action stepping in. And then we huddled as a crew, you know, what did you see? What did you see? What happened? And we moved on. So uh, uh, I don't know if you remember that detail, but it, it certainly sticks out for me. Well, I, I don't remember that at all, but I will say that you brought up an issue that's of prime importance and that is dead ball. Whenever there's a dead ball situation, that is the situation where it's critically important that no one relaxes who's officiating. Dead ball means that things that you, that you just described could occur. You need to be hyper alert when there is a dead ball. You need to think about what can go wrong and, and, and just simply be vigilant. So I will just remark in that regard, but no, Jake, I, I don't rec recall the incident at all. It could have been so worried about how you were going to react that I, I may have blanked out, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game, um, you know, because I simply didn't know what. I'm guessing that that was a preseason classic. It probably involved yeah. IMG versus um, the home school that you've been referring to uh, um, in, in the general terms or, or um, uh, a, a large school out of Fort Myers. I'm guessing it was a preseason classic. Yeah, no, it, it was very much so. Anyway, um, I, again, it still sticks out for me uh, as just great game management. The crew worked together. I was very proud to be a part of that crew. For listeners, uh, our guest, once again, is Charlie Boyle, longtime official in the Port Charlotte, Florida area. We're going to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about his association and some of the things that they do for officials training and evaluation and helping officials become better. Don't worry. We're going to talk about 80s and coaches too, but uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. When I was an athletic director, I used home campus every single day, and it was just great. And the home campus team was great to work with, too. To find out how home campus can help you and your program, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule an uh, in-depth uh, web demo and see their products in action. Uh, it's probably one of the best purchases I ever made. Uh, we've got an indoor scoring table in our school. Uh, we use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. Their products are tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Charlie Boyle, a longtime high school official in Florida, also North Carolina. Um, and he's right now we're going to be talking about uh, officials. Um, as an athletic director, you know, I hung out with ADs. I was on, you know, committees, et cetera. And 
I know this will surprise you, but, you know, ADs and coaches will sometimes say, oh, you know, the officials are terrible. You know, there's no training and, and all of this stuff, uh, which we know is BS. Uh, what are some things that you do in the Coral Coast Association for training and professional development? Um, it, it just kind of, you know, paints a picture of what an official can expect and maybe talk about, you know, the, the journey that an official takes. They don't just start out working, uh, you know, those big varsity high school games. Okay. Well, um, our training techniques have a lot to do with the size of our association. Uh, as you're aware, we have about 20 primaries. Uh, we have about another 20 secondaries. Um, and um, our training, first off, we piggyback. Uh, we have a great cooperative relationship with Gulf Coast, to the north and south gulf to the south which would be uh, respectively be uh, sarasota manatee county and lee county uh, they allow us to have our officials attend all of their clinics and training uh, as a matter of fact um, just contacted by gulf coast um, they will be conducting a training session for brand new officials on august 12th uh, we don't have any of those uh, and it's for older more experienced officials on august 26th i will be a clinician at that uh, we help each other out. Um, uh, also, at the end of the year, typically South Gulf will put on a clinic um, at Florida Gulf Coast University, uh, which is a fairly big deal. We put on our, ourselves, we put on at least one half day clinic doing two man and three man training every year. Um, what I am going to be doing very shortly, our middle school public schools uh, season starts September 1. I use actually first game. August 31. I use that period of time, just as I did with you, to evaluate uh, and train. Um, we have so far this year, two new officials who are coming in from out of state. Both of those officials have told me that they are varsity level officials. Okay. And, um, and I, I'm sure they are, but they are going to work three main games in middle school, during which time I will evaluate them. Um, I also have the luxury because we're a small uh, association and because um, I'm retired, um, I only work a little bit in, in mediation and so forth and so on in law, uh, to go and evaluate officials. I will, uh, I will evaluate every one of our officials in some form of capacity this year, hopefully in the first half of the season. And I am not shy as the assigner and as an old guy who has opinions of, of doing a, a point by point breakdown of how what people are doing, what they're not doing. Um, I put a big emphasis, uh, as you may remember, uh, and to the extent that it's possible in um, fitness, you can't make the plays unless you're in a position to see the plays. You can't see the plays unless you can get up and down the court. Uh, and then there's the, the adage, you, if you don't look fit, I don't care how fit you are. Um, so I may have actually, you know, said to you, and you're a pretty fit individual, you know, given your age group. Okay. But I don't know if you remember, I think I might've said, Jake, you know, if you could lose 10 pounds, you'd be a better official. Um, unfortunately, a lot of officials need to lose 40 or 50 pounds. Um, can't do much about that given the scarcity of officials, but I'm not going to put somebody on a game who can't get up and down the court. Uh, and, and be in position and move in position and be of the same caliber 
uh, being up, get, able to get up and down the court in the fourth quarter as they are in the first. And that official who, who and, they, and there are some officials who can do doubles and there are some officials who will never get a double from it, okay? So it's a constant year round thing. Um, uh, and, uh, and then as you indicated, alluded to, I will send out video. These are some plays that everybody needs to look at. Look at this, look at that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you're no longer a secondary for us, but if you were on our list, you would have gotten probably 20 emails from me, uh, mass emails off of Arbiter over the last month uh, with various pointers, et cetera, et cetera. So we do our best to keep everybody motivated. We do our best to suggest everybody that they get to camp uh, as, as often as they can. Sometimes that's every year. Um, there's nothing like going to camp. If you go to the ETA camp, which is the uh, successor to J.B. Caldwell's camp in Daytona, you get there, you check in on Friday morning, you start doing games at 11 or 12 o'clock on Friday. You do games, two or three games on Friday, two or three games on Saturday, and to the extent that you can stick around two or three games on, Sat on Sunday. Uh, and you are immersed in three-man officiating. You have the luxury at that clinic of having guys from the NBA, from the Power Five conference officials, uh, some of your best high school officials in the state, and they are giving you honest and legitimate uh, constructive, um, constructive criticism. And camp is camp. When somebody tells you something totally different from what the, the last clinician told you, at least in your mind, you say, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. I'll think about it. I'll process it. So when, if you go to camp, you know, you basically shut up, you listen, you put it in the notebook, you process it, and you use it if it's valuable for you. Yeah, I think those clinics, those camps are just great opportunities for uh, officials to get better. Um, here's something that just popped into my head. Um, as an athletic director up in the panhandle, uh, I remember one in particular uh, woman that officiated, and she was very good. But in when I came down to the the Coral Coast Association, I mean, all of your top tier officials, including you, were just outstanding. But there are two women in particular that were just tremendous officials. And I had the privilege of working with both of them. Uh, talk a little bit about how, you know, in this case, your association you know, works to develop diversity. OK, well, we you know, we have an equal number of. Uh almost an equal number of, of females playing basketball as males. And I don't know why we don't have more female officials, but you're right. We do. We are blessed um, to have had over the past few years, two um, officials. Can I mention them by name? Oh, absolutely. Both Trish Carroll and Veronica Sinicolo um, are excellent officials. They both work state games. I've had the privilege of working state finals and semifinals actually with both of them. Um, they, they both, have gone to camp. I do remember if you have two minutes, uh, Trisha's first camp, I, her father, who was then officiating, uh, and I, we went to that camp. It was the ETA J.B. Caldwell camp. Trisha was 20 years old, maybe 19 years old. Um, and I don't remember, Trisha has a, a, a 20-year-old son who now plays for Florida Atlantic. She was probably only four or five months postpartum. She went to that camp uh, and she was turning heads. She has the instincts. She was a thousand point scorer. 
uh, in high school. Uh, she had a full ride to college, uh, which she couldn't fulfill because she, she was pregnant with Trey. She got to this camp. She turned heads. And I remember they put her on the final because it was a tournament scenario. And the game was going um, – you may have to edit this out. The game was going to shit, okay? She had two older white guys on the crew with her. They were panicking. It was getting very testy. And there was a moment that where there was a timeout. She grabbed, literally grabbed both of the guys, pulled them together very sternly. And you work with Trish. She can be stern. Very sternly, basically. We couldn't hear this, but we could see what was going on. Basically told them to get their act together. She pulled that game out of the toilet, and she did an excellent job. She, in fact, got a lot of um, – she got – D2 schedule at, right after that. But she focused on raising Trey and doing and being a mother. So she came back, and we have had the blessing of having uh, Trisha there. I'm also excited this year. In addition, we have a brand-new official, female official coming down. She's an ex-college player. Um, she uh, tells me that she's going to be a varsity official. I will be doing the three-man scenario in middle school to assess her, but I'm looking forward to that. Still, we will only have three out of approximately 20 primaries who, official, who are, who are um, officials and, and are female. And I'd love to have an even number, okay? Um, for some reason, females seem to be very cool and calm on the court. Again, maybe it's a T level or whatever. I, you know, I don't want to probably get wrong for going there. Bottom line, they handle the court well. They have court presence. They have the calm that's necessary. So please. Give me more female officials, okay? And I don't care, you know, whether you're black, brown, gray, or green, okay? You can officiate, please. Call us up. Join us. We need more officials. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and I just want to go on record saying, you know, Trish and Ronnie were great to work with. They were they were very accommodating of me. And, and as you said, not shy about, you know, telling me, you know, hey, this is how you need to get better. So uh, great stuff. Charlie, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners, an athletic director, a coach, uh, even an official wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit about officials training or anything else, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, I'm going to give you my email rather than give you my phone number. Uh, and that is, do you want me to give it to you now? Yeah, we'll do it again at the end too. Okay, it is C-B-O-Y-L-E-3151 at gmail.com. Um, more than happy to, you know, spend whatever time is necessary to try to try to help somebody. Okay. Once again, our guest is Charlie Boyle, longtime high school uh, basketball official. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, their team is going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online, not just for your athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. There's a lot of online ticketing providers. Hometown Ticketing offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. Hometown is going to make the best solution for you. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. 
go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to display your school record boards for all the teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell more compelling stories that will help you share your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Charlie, um, in Florida, uh, the Florida High School Athletic Association, the FHSAA, is our governing body. Obviously, uh, officials associations you know, have to be registered and, and be approved by the state association. What are some things that you have seen over the years, uh, from your perspective, where the FHSA has gotten better? And then let's uh, go ahead and turn that critical eye. What are some things that you think the FHSA can do a better job of in promoting officials and sportsmanship, et cetera. But let's go and talk about some of the things they do right now that help you out. Okay. Well, um, again, I, I alluded to the fact that I've been at this for 30 years. Um, there was a period of time uh, where we had great camps, clinics, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was a period of time before the present administration was in where basically it seemed like we were getting no, nothing. Um, but since we've had uh, Jeremy Hernandez and Ed Thompson in, uh, there, there is a camp, a Florida High School Athletic Association camp that is given every year. I actually went to it this year up in Gainesville. It was very well done. It was an early morning clinic. We went over the new rules. They had very good evaluators. Um, so they are now making that available to us. Uh, they, they are, um, you know, they, they make available to us through multiple emails, uh, the new rules, points of emphasis, uh, things of that sort. And probably most importantly to me as somebody who is a, an assigner or an officer of an association, um, Ed Thompson and Jeremy Hernandez are very responsive to uh, email questions. If we have an issue that comes up, um, if, whether it's a rules issue or whether we have a situation where a coach is tossed uh, and we need to have some, you know, back and forth and information, um, they are just very responsive. We did have a, a tough situation a couple seasons ago, um, and I received a lot of help from Ed Thompson specifically in how to deal with it as an association. Um, so do want to thank him for that. I had the opportunity actually for the first time uh, at the camp, um, you, you know, we always have like a little social at the end of the camp. And I had the opportunity to speak to Ed Thompson for about an hour. And he's just a, he's just a really interesting guy. Um, um, so it was good. It was good getting to know the person as well. So the, the camps are very good. The clinics are very good. The information is very good now. Um, and again, whereas 10, 15 years ago, it was like they dropped off the face of the earth. Okay. Well, uh, that's good to hear about Ed. Uh, and of course, Jeremy who's in charge of officials. You know, Ed is the, for those of you outside of Florida, Ed Thompson, uh, we have a number of directors at our state association that oversee various sports. Uh, Ed oversees, among other things, you know, basketball and also track and field, where I've known Ed for years. Uh, also, uh, 
uh, would see him at the athletic director advisory committee meetings. Um, let's go in and talk about again from that critical eye, you know, moving forward. Uh, and we're not going to go into all the changes that are going to be happening with Florida due to our state legislature and high school sports. But uh, um, what are some things that you maybe have shared with Ed or Jeremy uh, about how the FHSA could do a better job to help out local associations and local officials? Well, the only thing I can do is really point to Georgia. Um, Georgia puts on I want to say 15 or 20 camps during the summer at various locations. Uh, they are not, I think they're either one day or two day camps. And the fact of the matter is I was only able to go to camp this summer because I happened to be in St. Augustine around the same time I'm up in North Carolina um, most of the time during the summer. And um, I was only able to go because, you know, it worked out for me um, going from Naples to Gainesville is a long way Miami Tallahassee okay uh, it would be very helpful in terms of training to have the the state association put on multiple clinics at multiple locales um, if they could do that that'd be great um, other than that I really don't have a concrete example that I could give to you just more clinics uh, and, and again it, the clinic is where you become immersed in the basketball uh, there is no you can study the rules. You can be fit. Uh, you can have a great attitude, but there's no substitute for court time. Um, you know, it's like it's like playing basketball. It, so, and and, it, and you know as well as I do, having played sports, if you're thinking about what you're doing when you're playing a sport, if you're thinking about what you're doing when you're officiating a sport, you're probably not doing a very good job at it. It's those almost autonomic skills that you get when you've worked a hundred games or in my case, a thousand games um, that, 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 that help you, you have to, you, you have to have the court time and court time in a clinic situation where you're immersed, you, where you get immediate feedback. It's just so much more valuable than a, a, a one game. That's about all I can say. No. And I think that's a great idea with the population, you know, areas in Florida and it is a, pretty darn big state you know if you're not familiar with florida um you know have one in miami have one over in the port charlotte or maybe go down to naples you know alternate years or even tampa uh and then up in the panhandle maybe do tallahassee and that way the pensacola and jacksonville people can come there you know uh florida or orlando or, or st augustine uh you know somewhere there's enough tournaments in the summer uh there's a couple of colleges that could host it um, you know, be colleges, you know, what a great retru recruiting opportunity to bring kids and coaches to your school for a, a weekend. Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm going to share this episode with, uh, with Jeremy and Ed so, uh, they can hear all of your great ideas, but I agree with them too. <laughs> well, I hope I don't offend anybody, but. Oh no, not at all. Okay. Um, once again, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Charlie Boyle. He's a longtime basketball official here in the state of Florida, also works games in North Carolina. We're going to take another break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we're going to come back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our friends at Snap Mobile for their support. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. 
If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best fundraiser out there. We used it at our school with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where they will give you your funding before you actually do your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. But you also have Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find them all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. We also want to thank District 1. Go to district1.com. That's W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won when you see their custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You'll never have to order a full set of uniforms again when you just need one or two replacement pieces. Go to District 1. Click on the Team Gear button, and you'll get a free quote. That's District 1. Com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Charlie, we've talked about um, you know your officiating path. We've talked about training. We've talked about the state association. Now, I really want to hear your thoughts on what can athletic directors, and we can even extend that to head coaches, what can they do to you know, help with our officials crisis. Again, we, we need more officials, but then we need to hang on to them. We need to retain them. Um, also, sportsmanship is probably at an all-time low. Hopefully the needle is creeping back in a positive direction, but it's not where it should be. So uh, I'll, I'll set you up this way. As an athletic director uh, and as a coach, full disclosure, I was not always the best example of sportsmanship. Uh, I had some good leaders that, you know, helped kick me in the butt and, and get me going in the right path. But as an AD, I would tell our coaches point blank, I don't want you chirping at the officials. I'm paying you to coach the kids. And if you're chirping at the officials, who's coaching the kids? The answer, nobody. So if there's a problem with the officials, you let me know after the game. Coach the kids. So, again, again that's my opinion. And for our listeners, I'm also a basketball coach or a basketball official. So uh, I've, I've been on both ends. So, Charlie, I'm going to shut up. What are some things that ADs and coaches can do to help create a better environment for officials, for athletes, and fans? Okay. I'll try to be specific as I can. Um, I know this is a wild suggestion, but I would suggest that every AD uh, require – um, and every coach take the test every year in the sport they are officiating. I, I am constantly shocked at the lack of rules knowledge of coaches. Um, unfortunately, they just don't seem to, you know, study the rule book. And I understand they're coaching, but it's really hard for me to understand them criticizing officials with comments like um, reaching in. Okay. Reaching in is not a foul. Illegal contact, which creates an advantage or disadvantage is a foul, but reaching in in and of itself is not. And the constant and one. Okay. And so I just would suggest just for your own self edification, Take the rules test. If you get a 70 on the rules test or a 75 or even an 80, what does that mean? It means you don't know the rules very well. So take the rules test. 
Number two, I would kind of ask ADs to make to sit down with any and all people who are going to be game administrators um, at a given contest, and I'm speaking basketball here, and let them know that their role is to be proactive when it comes to crowd control. It should not get to the point where I, as an official, am constantly distracted by inappropriate crowd actions it shouldn't get there i should not have to stop a game or take a dead ball situation find that game administrator and say the gentleman in the third row with the plaid shirt who's constantly using the f-bomb you need to go deal with they it's it's they're there they're a game administration they have a duty and that duty is crowd control and it's proactive crowd control and it is a high school sports contest okay this is not an NBA game situation. It's not a college game situation. It's a game where we're, where we're supposed to be mixing academics and, and all the good things we're supposed to be teaching our kids. So take that role as a game administrator seriously. I know you can't be everywhere, but if there's a guy or a gal um, screaming so loudly that it's a constant distraction for the officials or it's somebody who's about to get in a fight with a fan from the other team. You need to be aware of it as a game administrator. We don't need to be aware of it. Okay. All right. Um, and so, you know, that's basically, you know, what I would kind of say, just make them aware of their game administration duties, be proactive, take it seriously. Now, we have a shortage of officials and there's a shortage of personnel. I know oftentimes I've got a, a game administrator who's walking back and forth from a soccer game to the basketball game. And there's just, there's only so many bodies and God bless teachers and administrators. They're there all day. And then they come back and do more at night. God bless them. But when you're in the basketball gym, please be on task, be focused. So I probably had a third or fourth, but due to my age, you know, I've kind of forgotten that. No, no, th those were great. And uh, I, again, as a longtime AD, you know, I, I've been that game administrator. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but you're absolutely right. Those are things that you need to do. Now, um, since, or, I I'm sorry. since I retired as an AD, I'm still um, a high school and a middle school basketball official. Uh, you know, worked uh, as many games as I wanted to this past season. Um I've also become, uh, I, and these are in air quotes, an, an expert uh, speaker, uh, and ADs will bring me in to talk to their coaches and talk to their parents sometimes. And uh, even when I'm not doing that, I will ask an athletic director, I'll ask them, what is your line in the sand for your coach's sideline behavior? We're talking basketball here. So I'm sure you've had a game like this where, uh, the coach isn't yelling, but every trip up and down the floor, hey, that was a foul. Hey, that's traveling. Well, you got to call it both ways. Oh, you're killing us. You know, aren't you going to call that? And it's just this nonstop, you know, commentary. And it's not you suck and it's not, you know, over the line. And probably most people outside of you and the coach can even hear it. But uh, I asked the AD, I said, what is your line in the sand uh, for coach decorum and i'll share with them what i already shared with our listeners i would tell our coaches don't be chirping at the officials coach our kids so what are your thoughts on that 
the line in the sand. <laughs> okay, well, let me let me just go back. I said I had a third or fourth. There's one. There there is one other thing that I think in terms of promoting a relationship w- between your sports program and your local official association, and that is when and. It doesn't happen every season with every school, but when there is that situation where things go south in a ball game and a coach gets ejected, um, whatever, um, when you make that phone call, typically to me, sometimes to the president, but more often to me, have an open mind. I am not going to believe everything I hear until I'm an I'm an attorney. Okay, I. I basically come to any situation going, okay, I am probably going to have to work very hard to ferret out the actual facts. Okay. People have a tendency to prevaricate. People have a tendency to, um, you know, try to make themselves look better than they actually happen. So I know that as the assigner for my association, the liaison between my association and the AD, that we need to figure out the facts. So come to that discussion uh, with an open mind, okay? Um, I won't go into who it was, but we had a situation going into the postseason last year where I had an athletic director call me up and basically threatened to go to the state because his coach had told him that our association was totally biased against them because they were an out-of-town school. He had, he had, he had totally bought it. And, and I, the first thing I said, well, why don't you ask the coaches of our schools whether they think we're homeless? Okay, they'll tell you. But the bottom line is he did not come to the conversation with an open mind. So I would suggest that they come with an open mind and investigative um, look and say, okay, you know, what happened? Um, nobody was perfect. You know, what were the imperfections? How can we get, make, how can we improve going forward as opposed to confrontation? So. Uh, so I and actually I forgot your other question. Oh, in, in terms of chirping, um, I will just tell you what I what, what what I do as far as chirping is. If we are starting the game and we're two minutes into the ball game, and every time we have gone up and down the court, there has been a comment about the officiating, which comment basically implies you got it wrong, et cetera, et cetera. At the next dead ball situation, I will go to the coach and go, coach, respectfully. You are going to have to coach. You are not going to officiate the entire game. I'm not going to let this go on very much further. You will get a bench decorum warning. Okay. Bench decorum warning is a great tool. It allows us in a non-threatening fashion to basically give information to a coach that they've crossed the line. And here's the deal. Basketball, you say you officiate track too, right? I can't imagine that officiating track is anywhere near as anxiety producing or as, as officiating a basketball game. Officiating basketball, I'm going up and down the court and I'm in constant motion. I am constantly looking for five, six, seven, eight plays, six or seven things happening. Having a coach constantly chirping at me is not gonna make me better. It is a distraction and it's gonna make me a worse official. Having assistant coaches do that I don't tolerate that at all. Right. If I've got assistant coaches who are officiating, I will undoubtedly say to the head coach, coach, control your bench. If I hear any more officiating out of your bench, 
you're going to get at the very least the bench tomorrow morning. I will kind of give them an unofficial warning. And then if it gets continuous, they will get at the very least a bench tomorrow morning, which means I've now gone to my partners and said, I have warned XYZ school about assistant uh, coaches officiating. If it happens again, give them a technical. So. And, and you bring up a great point about the, the communication. Um, you know, it, we don't expect the coach to never say a word, although I guess it'd be great. Um, and, you know, we're certainly don't want to be out there as mute and unresponsive and unapproachable, but they should be coaching. We should be making the, uh, making the calls, uh, but have that mutual respect. Uh, but you're absolutely right about assistance. Okay. Yeah. I will let that coach know right away. You know, we're not, I hear another word out of your assistant, you know, I'm teeing him up. No, I think one thing that's helped me as an official is, is simply understanding the difference in terms of perspective that I as an official have versus the perspective they have. It helps me understand coaches. Coaches have a stake. We don't have a stake in the outcome. Anything and everything they see is colored by their perspective. They want to win. They want the best for their players. They're under a lot of pressure to do one thing, win. And Sometimes it's like, what are they seeing? They're seeing the game through the eyes of wanting to win. If you understand that, that allows you to step back as an official and go, okay, I got it. I see where he's coming from, all right? And diffuse. It needs to be our job as officials, given the fact that coaches are passionate, justifiably so, but always so, given the fact that coaches are passionate, it needs to be our job at, very, at the very least to attempt to diffuse, to be cool and calm, because we don't have a stake in the outcome. We have none. Right. No, that, and that's a, an excellent point. I wish we had more time, but um, uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're not an athletic director, but you certainly know your way around the world of sports. So we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, uh, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director, maybe even a brand new official, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's hear from athletic surveys. And then we're going to find out what Charlie Boyle is going to put in his new, I'll figure it out, toolbox. We want to say thanks to athletic surveys for their support of the podcast. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Make sure you check them out today. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Charlie Boyle, a longtime high school basketball official. Uh, but right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a a new athletic director, maybe even a new official, but I'm only going to let him put three items in the toolbox. So Charlie, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director or new official toolbox? 
Okay. Well, the first one would be the concept of a servant leader. Um, I think we're all, well, hopefully we're all familiar with it. Um, and I don't know if you remember Brian Nolan at Charlotte High School, but Brian Nolan was an excellent example of this. Brian Nolan would be the first guy out on the football field lining the field. He was the last guy to leave the gym. He never asked anybody to do anything that he wasn't willing to do. And so the concept, and, and that goes for everything. Um, when I was with my law firm, the managing partner um, was an excellent example of that too. You, if you're willing to do whatever you ask other people to do, then people are going to want to do well for you. So if you wanna be a leader, serve first. Um, the next thing would be, and I kind of alluded to this uh, earlier, would be to listen first, okay? Um, as an athletic director, you're not quite a principal in terms of having to communicate with multiple people, but you are going to have to communicate with multiple people. And that means that if you're willing to listen first, you know, and that was important for me to kind of learn. If, 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 if I don't have to say anything, um, at least for a while, I'm less likely to say something stupid. So if you can listen first, it might temper what is otherwise going to come out of your mouth. Uh, it might educate you. And, you know, if you, if you learn from learn, if you learn from listening, you might do a better job in that situation. And then the last thing, and this kind of goes for any and every relationship, whether it's an AD or a principal or as an official, um, I, although it's a big one for officials, you need to lose the need to be right. Okay. Um, we're never, nobody is ever right all the time. Um, and if you, if your first instinct is to justify what you did, then you're never really going to progress. So you're going to make mistakes, whether as an official or an athletic director, if you lose the need to be right and you somehow acquire the skill of learning to get better, you're simply going to be better. Be better. I know that's generic, uh, but boy, if we could all pick up those tools. And again, it's a journey. Nobody gets to the destination ever. But if we could start on a journey to achieve those things, I think we'd all be better off. Uh, we've had um, um, we've had uh, that concept of uh, not uh, being uh, or not needing to be right. Uh, but I don't think we ever had it phrased that way. Uh, and, and it's a great way to, to look at it. Uh, I, I think officials are one of those uh, groups you're expected to be perfect on the first day and then get better uh, each day moving forward. Uh, but great, great advice. And the other two, no surprise, they're definitely in our top 10 for the most frequently mentioned tools you know, for leadership. Charlie, this has been great, uh, you know, seeing you again. Uh, wish we could work a game together uh, again. But uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Again, uh, email me, um, C-B-O-Y-L-E 3151 at gmail.com. And Jake, just tell me when you want to come down and work a game. All right. Uh, got an extra bedroom in my house. You can crash there. We'll, we'll get you on a good game. All right. I, I just might do that, my friend. Um, Andy Witt is up in the, in the, in the middle of the area. Maybe you could get a ride with him. You're, I think 
um, in the same association as he is, I think. The uh, Lake Association. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, that, that's a, there's a big geographic area, but uh, that's good to know. I'm going to write that down because I still have his uh, his email. All right. Uh, Charlie Boyle, uh, thanks so much for spending time with us and uh, all the best uh, with the rest of your summer vacation and uh, this coming basketball season. Thank you. For listeners, uh, remember, we upload the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back just about every day for more great professional content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.